Too many people in life, they just learn to settle. You know, they trade in the high expectations and ideals that they once had for what is just good enough. Good enough life, good enough car, good enough house, good enough job, good enough relationship. What they do is to avoid the pain of not living up to their expectations, they just lower those expectations. I'm wondering, do you know somebody like that? Maybe it's even you. That's gonna be the subject of today's episode of the Audacious Faith Podcast. All right, welcome everybody. This is episode 32 of the podcast, and it's great to have you back with us. We've been having a great time sharing with guests. The last few weeks have also been just kind of sharing some things from my heart to you. But now we get to do another interview, and I get to bring back a couple people that have been on some of the best interviews that we've had so far on the podcast. Jay Jr., of course, who's back with me now. He was actually episode number one. If you didn't catch that one, you're definitely going to want to go back into the episode list and see it. It was a great one. And then Ronnie was with us in episode 12, where she gave a great testimony about things that happened in her life. Let me just say that those two episodes are the most highly watched of all the ones that we have out. So you don't want to miss them if you didn't catch them the first time. But now we bring them back together as the power couple that they are. So I'm so happy you guys are here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Sure. All right, we're going to get right to it. So let's talk about this subject that we are sharing today, which is not settling and continuing to level up in life, not just saying, okay, we got to a certain point and that's it. Mm -hmm. We're going to start off by taking a little journey back in time. Let's go back to early 2011. You guys are married how long at that point? A few months. Yeah. Just a few months, okay. And... You're studying at the time in your master's degree program for uh, school psychologist, yes. correct? Mm -hmm. Interning also, plus working in one of the schools at that time with a job that you probably weren't too thrilled with at right, that moment. Yeah. But it was <laughs> yeah. part of the experience, yes, right? Absolutely. And Jay's a trained firefighter at that point, and budget cuts basically left him out of a job at that particular mm -hmm. instance, so it's fair to say you were broke. Yes. Is that very that right? Yeah. Okay, so very <laughs> broke. Now here we are. We're in 2022. Um, a lot has happened from that particular point in time. Mm -hmm. You're doing things that you never thought at that moment that you would be doing. You lead a large financial firm, one of the largest in the country. You're working with about 200 people, and that's continually growing. The business is growing on a regular basis. Let me ask you this. How different do you see yourself now? If you were to travel back in time to that person that you were in 2011, before any of that happened, would you even recognize yourselves? Or how, how, how much different are you than you were back then? I would say completely different um, because I always felt that I knew I was going to do something, you know, worthwhile with my life. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna figure out whatever that was, but there's no way I could have imagined like the course that my life was gonna take and right. you know, just never in a million years would I think that I'd be here right now. Absolutely, and Jay, you figured you'd be what, fi fighting fires? Is that what's gonna be happening? You know, I don't, I don't really know if, I, at the time even going in the fire department, it wasn't something I was passionate about. It right. wasn't something, I don't know. I, I don't really know the answer to that because I, I feel like at the time I was chasing after that because it was 
I guess what I, you know, it was it was a career option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never pictured like, okay, in ten years I'm still going to be in the fire department. I don't know. I don't think I, I saw that far. We were broke, so we were just right. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see past Friday's rent. You know what I mean? So you're bringing up an excellent point, and and you guys both. So I want to get your perspective because you work with people all the time mm-hmm. that are starting from where you started. Right. Right. Okay. And you're saying that that version of you back then couldn't really see past next month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not more than six mm-hmm. months down the line. Do you find that to be really common with a lot of people that you deal with? Yeah. I think when you're struggling with money and that's really all you can think about. So it's very mm-hmm. uh, short-term mentality because you have to be. You're really in survival mode when you're struggling to pay the bills. And so for us... I see that all the time when I'm, you know, meeting people. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame them because that's how we were when we, you know, were in that position as well. I think that's the hardest part it in is. businesses. It really is. Because I, I, I think back and I could remember, um, you know, going to the gas station and putting $6 in, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's what I had in the ashtray at the time or um, going to the grocery store and, you know, and looking at the price before you stick everything in your shopping cart. Sure. Um, I never was the one paying the bills. Ronnie always did that. So I, I, I was never, you know, stuck between do we pay the car payment or, or do we pay rent, you know. But, but we were in that financial spot. Mm-hmm. And so I think the hardest part for people in, in the beginning stage of business, if they're, if they're behind financially, is it's, I think you get so stuck in trying to survive that, Unfortunately, it, it limits someone's growth because mm-hmm. they can't get past that. So it's, um, and I, I don't even know how possible it is for most people. I think the, the answer to that is to hurry up and get past the money. You know, when, when you can get past that survival mode, then you can start doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I would think that that's where this area of settling comes in. Yes. Because what you're saying right there, it's not necessarily what people want to do. They may be working a job or being in a situation even where they're living or everything that they're doing that's not what they want. If you say, is this going to be the rest of your life, they're going to tell you no. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them, well, how is it going to change and when is it going to change, they don't really have an answer to that because they're constantly, pardon the pun, but they're constantly putting out fires. They're constantly, you know, having to do the priority, the urgent. So what's more valuable to them, they never get to. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And, and so do, do you see that as being kind of where, you know, people come in to your business, best of intentions, big talk. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then life smacks them in the face. Mm-hmm. And you know, one month later, I mean, they're gone sometimes because right. they just here, here's a person that had dreams a month ago. And now they're just like, well, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, how, how is it that people you think can just give up on it so quickly? I think it comes down to people's comfort zones. For example, like I, my whole life, um, you know, growing up, we always struggled with money Mm -hmm. on welfare, the whole deal. And I was very comfortable now looking back with saying, like talking to my friends, saying, oh, we can't do that because we're broke. It was Mm -hmm. just a very common phrase and we didn't think twice about it. Right. We didn't think, oh, let's do something about it. It was just like, oh, I can't, I'm broke. Or are you paying or who's paying? and we thought nothing of it. So it was just that comfortable, just used to it, 
you know, not having a picture of anything else that could be possible. I, I also think that, I don't think it's that people give up on it. I think it's right. that there's just so much noise mm -hmm. in most people's heads. You know, there's so, there's so many things, and most of which come from um, just, it's just how it's always been. Yep. And so I, I don't think when someone, for example, in business, someone enters entrepreneurship, and then a month later, they're like, yeah, you know what? And they stop showing up. They stop coming to train. They stop trying. They, they give up. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that they quit. I think it's that there's so much other stuff going on in their heads where they just kind of, their attention shifts somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and, um, but I, I, the problem is, is that time doesn't stop, you know, and so you, it's very easy to fast forward five, 10 years and you're still in that same spot because of the fact that your attention shifts away, you know, to, to, to nothing, you know, honestly, to nothing. It's, hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of time being busy. It's a lot of time being in a hurry. It's a lot of time, you know, being everything to everyone. And that, that's just, that's the recipe for getting stuck, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and, and, and also, in a lot of cases, those things don't bring any happiness or fulfillment. Um, I think a lot of people are scared to uh, be still, right. mm -hmm. you know, and we're just to like, to sit there and be quiet and have nothing going on. And so I think we naturally, as a way of coping with just life, we fill our schedules where we're so busy. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is you fast forward 30 years and you're still busy, but you're still broke. So people keep kicking the can down the road. Mm -hmm. And at the, every time they get to the can, they just got to kick it again. Yeah. Right? right? They're not ready to actually do anything. I think they have, every, I think they have the intention to, but... Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I have found is the more and more successful we've become. Um, you know, I had a lady on the phone tell me today. She, I said, well, I run a firm of almost 300 agents. She said, well, you're busy. And I, and I, and I kind of stopped for a second. And I thought to myself, I'm like, no, nah, actually, I'm less, less busy than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, but I also say yes less than I ever have. Mm -hmm. You know, where I think the more successful you get, um, the better you get at saying no, you know, you to a lot of things. You get a little more selective mm -hmm. over the course yeah. of time. Yeah. So you're mentioning that busyness, and I, I think about this illustration of the person on the dumbest contraption ever created for man, which is a treadmill. If you think about <laughs> it, I mean, it only has one basic benefit, and right. that is the exercise. But you look at it, and you see people huffing and puffing on this treadmill, running, 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 running for a half hour to an hour, sometimes more. And when they're done, they haven't moved. Right. In reality, they're in the exact same place as the person who would have just stood right next to the treadmill. Um, and there was all this activity and yet going nowhere. It's kind of like the hamster in a wheel who thinks that they're going somewhere as well, right? right. And so let, let, let's talk about this now. I'm thinking of the parable of the talents, which is in scripture. And you had people with different levels of opportunity. Um, one had a little bit more, another had a little bit less, and then one had a little bit less. And it wasn't so much the opportunity they had, it was what they did with it. One of the key things in that parable is that the master, when he returns, looks to see what people did with the opportunity they had. And the ones that were faithful with those opportunities, the smaller things, he then gave bigger things. So over the last 10, 11 years now, 
How much of where you've gotten to from where you were has been happening as a result of being faithful with the little things which kept piling up to the bigger things? You want me to answer? Sure. Um, I, you know, well, there's two things. Number one is I think everyone gets an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything specific. It's just it's an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. to do more. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to want um, uh, to get a better life, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's financially, it's health, it's relationships, purpose, fulfillment, whatever it is. Um, I think if, uh, I mean, for us as people of faith, we know that, that God gives you an opportunity. You have success with it. That ultimately comes from him. So, I think that's a very big, very big part of it is realizing mm-hmm. that that also allows you to um, still be relatable with people because you know it's not all on your own doing. Right. But then a, another part of that is I think it's it's when you succeed in that it's it's constantly looking at things as an opportunity, which is where there there has to be that level of peace in your mind because that's where clarity comes mm-hmm. from. Right. You know when your mind is constantly full of stuff. There's no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to that noise and, and being able to just be at peace in your own thoughts with nothing going on. You know, because you have so much more clarity that way. Right. To see like, hey, you know what, this, this blessing was not as of my own doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a very big part of it. And then it's, it's seeing relationships for what they are, which is their, their connections and their people that want to win and people win better together and people introduce you to people. And it's there. I mean, the, the principles of success are very easy. Um, but it's, it's, I just think it's, I think successful people just think in a clearer space and also are just more aware of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You have something to add to that? Ronnie, I think even the, the bad things that happen, you know, mm-hmm. along your way. I think sometimes mm-hmm. those teach you more than the positive things, depending on how you look at it, right? It's all right. mindset. And so I feel that every challenge that I've had since I was a kid, you know, up until now, it's built me to mm-hmm. who I am and made me stronger, you know, mentally and uh, just be able to relate to people better and communicate better. So. Well, that's a point that I actually, you just touched on it because I was thinking this right as you said it. Are obstacles sometimes opportunities? I think they always are. I think it's always mm. an opportunity. Even if you're like stuck in traffic and you might have a little bit of road rage, I still think that's an opportunity for you to practice patience and mm. uh, you know maybe some understanding for other people um, rather than you know. And I think like the more road rage you have, like the more traffic, like God will put you in, <laughs> so that you can sometimes. keep practicing that. You know, Is I don't that know. Why I'm always in traffic. I'm trying to figure that's, that out. That's my yeah. that's my theory um, of it. But I I always think that there has to be something I'm meant to learn out of mm-hmm. this situation. So the faster I learn it, the faster I can get past it. And uh, that's how I look at everything. But sure. but you don't grow without obstacles. Obstacles yeah. are the only. I, I believe obstacles are the only form of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's the problem is that people look for opportunity, but it shows up as work. Mm-hmm. It shows up as a challenge. It shows up outside of their comfort zone. Therefore, they pass it off. They go, it's not for me because mm-hmm. it's not where I'm comfortable. But comfort is what got you whatever you have. So obstacles 
are, the, I believe, the, the biggest form of opportunity because mm -hmm. it increases your capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a $30,000 capacity because that's the only amount of stress that you could deal with. Therefore, right. that's what you make. Right. You know, the larger your capacity that people go, my plate is full. No, well, your plate's too small. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Is that you have too small of a plate. You can't carry anything other than just your job and being a single parent. Like, you need to expand your plate. You need to expand your capacity. So, and, and everything in business, you have a client who's upset. Dude, that, that client will become your best client if you fix the problem. Mm -hmm. They will right. love you more than anything. They will go from being a happy client to a loyal client. If you could mm -hmm. fix their challenge and give the best customer service, your teammate who's mad at you, same thing. Your congregation member who's upset, same thing. Like in, in everything, I think without a challenge, without an obstacle, without having to go outside of your comfort zone, uh, you're, that's, that's how you get stuck. You know, you get stuck because you don't have any problems. I love what you're saying there because I just got this picture in my head. You're talking about the plate and your plate's too small. Uh -huh. And you know how when you go to a table, and there's going to be all the stuff that's laid out there and you have the bigger plates and you have the smaller plates mm -hmm. and a person will take a smaller plate because then they can get less but it still looks big enough to them and i think that's how people just reduce their expectations right. over time because it, it looks like it's good enough mm -hmm. it doesn't have that emptiness of, of what they first i mean the kid the kid goes in with the idea, give me the big plate. I yeah. want everything on the table, right? Mm -hmm. It's the adult who now has learned to let's cut this down, right, yep. over time, right? So true. So looking at that, um, you guys are now at a level where most people would consider to be successful, okay? Um, but I know you don't necessarily look at it. I, I, I believe you're thankful for where you are and you believe this is where you're supposed to be at this point. But a lot of people would just settle now. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, you're both in your early 30s, and it's like, okay, just, just chill, you yeah. know, at this particular point. But I get the sense that in your journey, in your faith journey that goes along with this, you have in your head that God is still going to do much, much more. This is only the beginning mm -hmm. at this particular point, right? So as you're kind of thinking about that, um, what role does faith actually play in that? I mean, when you start planning for the next year, is it just like, well, whatever comes to our head? Or, or is there a big part of faith in that journey where you're looking for that direction on what's supposed to be next? Yeah, I think that's everything for me. Um even like you said with the people that you meet and what we're supposed to do I think that I mean one of my prayers is always you know for God to bring the people in my life that are supposed to be in my life for mm -hmm. whatever reason and to keep the ones that aren't you know right. out of reach um, so that way I don't, <laughs> I don't spend any time like forcing relationships that aren't you know meant to be mm -hmm. but I feel like we, you know, we've, we've gotten to a certain level that just makes us better at fulfilling our purpose, you know, fulfilling God's purpose. Like, there's people we're supposed to help one way or another, mm -hmm. even if it's just from our friendship, I think, you know, right. from, from, you know, the relationships that we have, whether personal or business. And so I just, I, I know I cannot imagine what, you know, God has in store for us. Mm -hmm. So I just trust that as long as I'm, you know, 
walking, you know, walking with him, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, trusting, then, you know, we'll end up where we're supposed to end up. Awesome. Yeah. It, it's fun. It's, you know, for me, the next level is always, um, it's fun, you know, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Business is fun. Life is fun. Growth is fun. Mm-hmm. Giving is fun. I think that's one of the, the biggest secrets. I think that's why people are, are just not happy. Yeah. is because what they're doing isn't fun, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't um, give them freedom and it doesn't give them a feeling of purpose and importance. You know, they, get, they wake up, they go do whatever they do, whatever they get paid to do. But at the end of the day, like, is it a blast? Would you do it for free? Mm-hmm. Like, are you excited about it? Mm-hmm. Um, are other people excited that you're alive? You know, and I mean, I think, uh, I think everyone could find that, mm-hmm. that purpose. But, but I, I think... The peace of mind where, you know, you continue to make more money, you know, that, that also, you know, what we used to make a year, we make a month mm-hmm. more now. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this, uh, I mean, this is a faith-based podcast, so right. I'll say this, mm-hmm. is that there's this belief that I think is so stupid that mm-hmm. so many people have which is this negative connotation with success. It's mm-hmm. this negative connotation, this worldly view of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the 90% of the problem for most mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. is that they hear, oh, so-and-so makes a million dollars a year. And like, it's a bad thing where, I mean, how much more reach and opportunity can you have when you don't have to spend your whole life trying to pay your bills? Right. And so I think a lot of success in us going from where we started to where we are now is the fact that we have a very clear, at least I, I know for myself and for you too, we have a very clear conscience in the fact that I believe that God wants us to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's clarify on that. Because at this particular point, you've now taught or trained or spoke to thousands of people. It's very fair to say that. Multi-thousands of people. Right. And could be more even if you took every opportunity that came. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you combine that with the social media reach and everything that comes out there, then, then you are talking hundreds of thousands. And, again, you're just getting started. All right? Mm-hmm. There's people that say the things that you just mentioned because they have wrong assumptions. And those assumptions are... If a person's being successful in the world's eyes, if a person is making a good income, then they must be cheating people and they must be doing things that are unethical and they must be doing things that are wrong. It's kind of a limiting view of God. Now, I would say at the same time that it's not God's will for everyone to be making a million dollars a year because some it's just not what he's chose to do and where he wants them to be. Mm-hmm. But in this area of responsibility, I, I, I think it then transcends, you mentioned getting the money part out of the way. Now, it, when the money part is out of the way, it transcends to something else. With that following, with that influence, comes a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. as well. So how do you put all that together with the faith part? Well, I mean, for me, um, I mean, I think, we, I think we all have responsibility, whether mm-hmm. you're broke or you're wealthy. Mm-hmm. I think we all have responsibility. I also think that 
you don't continue to get to the next level if you don't fulfill your responsibilities correctly. Right. So I think there's a there's a big, but it's a default for us mm-hmm. that you just you do things right, you treat yeah. people right, you do things with integrity, and that's why I was saying that like faith going to the next level, you know, and and continuing to climb from. I remember when we didn't make 30 grand a year mm-hmm. to where we started making 30 grand a month mm-hmm. to where we didn't make a six figure income to now we'll make a six figure income a month. Like I, I there's been all these stages, which obviously mm-hmm. you have to be good at what you do and all this stuff. But I think, I think our fundamental belief that making money is not bad mm-hmm. plays a very big role in our ability to continue to grow right. because to, it's not about money. Mm-hmm. at all money is is a, a byproduct of doing a good job at whatever it is that you do right you know there are people in ministry who pastor mega churches and then people in a small church think that being a pastor of a mega church is a bad thing you know well, everyone shows up there because they have a starbucks like mm-hmm. i mean that's we'll go put a starbucks in that small church and see what happens you know it's it's not going to work the same way. Right. So it's the fundamental belief that 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 um, success is not bad. The Bible doesn't say that being successful is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And I only say money as an example because that's how most people uh, associate success, right. even though that's not the fundamental of success. But the Bible says your cup will runneth over. It doesn't say it'll be half full. So. Right. There, I think the, the, the responsibility and the faith plays a very big role in our success because our hunger never dies because we're not chasing money. Mm-hmm. Or people think successful people chase money. Maybe some do. I don't think, I don't think most do. Because mm-hmm. if they did, their hunger would die off. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're hungry, you eat, you're no longer hungry. So people yeah. associate success and money and hunger but if it was about the money, you would no longer be hungry, you know? So the, the fundamental principle of the better I do, the better we can serve other people is the, that's the bottom line when it comes to success, I think. And that's why we, that's why getting to another level is never a surprise because our hunger has never gone away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I feel like very, very few people are money motivated. Right. Mm-hmm. Because... When we sit down with people, I mean, just think about it. If, you, if everyone was motivated, then um, people would be venturing out to try new things, do new things, open this business, get a better job, right. a better career, better education, right? And we really don't see that that mm. much. Um, so if that's what really motivated people, then that would be it. And like he said, you know, you kind of lose that fire once your bills are good and you've got a little bit of money in the bank and everything. But, you know, as far as the our faith goes, it's just... I cannot go to sleep at night if I am not doing something good for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, equate success and money with, you know, having to um, walk all over people or having to that cutthroat like environment or, right. you know, just mentality like, okay, I got to take from somebody in order for me to get ahead. And mm-hmm. I could never do anything right. that had any feeling like that because I want to be a giver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, taking doesn't feel good in the sure. long run. Maybe in the, maybe in the moment. 
But, you know, when you go to sleep at night, like, are you doing something that's worthwhile? Are you helping people? Is it in alignment with your faith? Right. And that's what drives me, and that's what makes me feel peaceful inside. Because the topic being, like, settling, you know, whether or not to settle or whatever. Right. People, if, if, if we're talking about money, um, people settle before they settle with money. That, that's the problem, mm-hmm. is that they settle in, with being unhappy, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I, I'm unhappy, and and I, I blame everything on my childhood. But you could fix that, though. Mm-hmm. You, I'm unhappy with me. You could fix that. You know, I'm unhappy in my health. You could fix that. See, so people settle in in every single area. From a success standpoint, we always judge success from money, which it's not. Right. But that's how society sees it. Mm-hmm. But there's people that like successful people uh, are very unhappy. And successful people are also very happy. Just like there are broke people that are happy and there are broke people that are unhappy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's every area. It's health. It's in your fitness. It's in your faith. It's in your relationships. It's in your own self-care and the way you see yourself. There are so many places that people settle. But just imagine if you didn't settle on any of them, then you know what does your life look like? I mean, right. Income included. You know, it becomes part of that. True. It's your identity. Yeah. So in this case, especially with the areas that you guys have been put in, the opportunities that God has now given you, success with success brings influence, which I think is probably one of the most valued things that there is, mm-hmm. to have the opportunity. If we look at it from a faith standpoint, Jesus did tell us, despite what some people think, that we're supposed to be seen by people. He said, you're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. So he told us straight out, part of your responsibility in life is to be seen, mm-hmm. is to be very visible. You're the salt of the earth. So in other words, people that are supposed to flavor or positively affect everything that you touch. Okay, This is the call, this is part of the Great Commission that Jesus gave us to do. And, and so that's what I wanted to touch on this because influence by taking big steps, by following in faith, by being faithful with the small things, and then being given responsibilities of the bigger things. This is part, really, isn't it, of what we're supposed to be doing as a person of faith. Would you agree? Yes. Mm-hmm. Agree. Okay. All right, so I have a little different question for you guys now. We're going to compare it to the business world, but we're going to put it into real life. So for instance, in the business world, we talk to people about different types of financial accounts that they have. Mm -hmm. Like there's a variable account, which goes up and then sometimes it dips down lower and then up and down. And a lot of people's lives seem to be like that. They have their good years, they have their bad years, they have their good months, they have their winters, that people call it. And then we also teach about an index account where there's a gain and then even when stuff is tough, you lock at least that in and don't go any lower, and then eventually you ramp up, and you ramp up, and you ramp up, okay? That's what we're talking about, leveling up. Where do you see, in the people that you deal with all the time, how, how, what's the difference between the person that just keeps locking in those gains of growth and levels up over time, and the person that, like, they had a good year last year, but now this year, they're just, it seems they've lost ground. I think it's the same with the example that you're using as far as finances go because I was 
just talking about this today because mm -hmm. the market, you know, is down or whatever, sure. right? And um, and so usually when the market goes down, people immediately like pull their investment or mm -hmm. you know they'll put it to um, less a less risky you know right. investment which limits their potential for growth mm -hmm. um, versus just leaving it and then okay or investing more or whatnot and um, taking advantage of that because they get scared and I think the same thing happens with people when they hit some adverse adversity or things don't go their way where they pull back. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, this isn't working for me, for me, let's try something else. And then um, they just keep doing that. And before you know it, you know, they're losing, you know, their growth or their gains and they're or they're in the same spot that they were before. Mm -hmm. I think the people who continue to grow just, you know, take the stumbles as they come along, but they keep pushing forward, you know, get some feedback on what they're doing, what, whatever their goal is, and they just keep moving forward with that faith that we're right. talking about, right? Exactly, exactly. God's not gonna change his mind, like, oh, you're supposed to do this. And then he's gonna be like 10, 10 minutes later because you made a mistake, no, no never mind, like, <laughs> you know, let, let's go, let's yeah. go a different direction with this. I mean, um, you know, he, if he has a vision for you in mind, like that's where you're supposed to be. Right, very excellent point. So, Jay, do you see a lot of that with people that, you know, were kind of coming along and then, they disappear for a while and you look at them and they're just like right back at square one, it seems. And you're wondering what in the world, you know, happened with you. Yeah, I think a lot of that is tied to, because um, we've had moments like that. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I think it's an identity thing. It's a, uh, this is, this is where I'm comfortable. You know, it's, it, it happens in the, in the gym too. You know, you get to where the best place where you always get to and then somehow you fall off because... That's, that's your identity right there. Like that's the best. It, it's pushing through to something else. Um, also, in whatever you do, it's working at that thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's a it's a mentality of always looking for a, a better opportunity within my current opportunity. Mm -hmm. Meaning that there's ways to improve what mm -hmm. you're doing. There's ways to get better at what you already do. There's there's ways to innovate what you already do. The, the best athletes in the world continue to get better at the same sport right you know so the question is well how how are you so much better now than the guy next to you when you play the same sport at a professional level it's because that person continues to get better at what they already do versus mm. hey i made it you know the second you feel like you made it, it's the second you get cut so it's right. it's continuing to grow um and be hungry for for more. And and honestly, from a business standpoint, or from a from a from a employment standpoint, or just from a life standpoint, a lot of it goes back to the to the uh, the hunger we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. with money. You know, for example, someone who's stuck at a job making 40, 50, 60 grand a year that has a belief that this is where God wants me. Okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. But if you're struggling financially every month, like you're, ex you really believe God wants you to struggle. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, no matter what anyone tells me, no matter what Bible verse you pull open, I do not believe that. Okay. Now, I'm not saying you don't belong there at that job, but I, I, don't, I don't see how God made you to have to worry about your bills every month to fulfill whatever purpose he wants for you. That, that's not part of the process. You know, there you could always do something else. You could always do something on side on the side of that. So, 
you know, I think, I think just all of it goes back to a, a, the fundamental standpoint of can I be better? Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about moving forward and moving back and part of the process and even with the money part. So, so it'll be true that as some people gain some success, there's going to be those periods where the doubt comes in, mm -hmm. the struggle comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Combined yeah. with what you were just talking about, what Ronnie mentioned, I'm thinking back in the Old Testament and I'm thinking about the Hebrew slaves being led out of Egypt and now they're out there and God's providing every day and yet every day, they, God didn't let them store up anything. Every day they were still waiting and every time there was a, a difficult time because everyone gets them, right? right? Every time there was a difficult time, they grumbled and said, oh, did God just bring us out here to die? Now you were mentioning how, you know, God you know, even with obstacles and even with challenges, there has to be that faith to understand that, you know, here, here a week ago, this is where God was leading you, and now he didn't just suddenly change his mind, right? Yeah. right? And, and so there you are, and there they're out there, and in their mind, somehow, despite all that God had done and all that God had promised, they still saw themselves as slaves. And, and not claiming the promises and believing in the promises that even though there was a challenge right now, God was going to push them through that. And they just like he did before, and he did over and over and over again. So do people have short memories on God's blessings? I don't think, I, I think the problem is, is that people act out of emotion versus act, act out of a fundamental standpoint of their beliefs and, and, and their, their values and their goals, rather than doing that, they go emotionally, mm -hmm. right? Which is, today things are hard, therefore. It's always hard. It's always hard, and, and, th and then they settle in that. Right. Which is the whole topic of this podcast, is they settle in that, and then they justify that. Mm -hmm. And they, it's hard, and I always come back here, so this is all God wants for me. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is very weak, actually. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you really believed from a, from a faith place that God put you on the planet for a reason, then it's a very weak thing to say, okay, well, I guess this is what God wants for me. This is where I belong. Mm -hmm. um, and you're in such a small place with small amounts of influence. Now, someone can say, well, who's, who's to justify what's big and what's small? Everything matters. Yes, right. that's true, of course. But... At, at the same exact time that that's true, if there's no, can I do better? Can I do more? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it goes without saying that you're gonna have bigger influence by planting a church and growing it than you are by staying in the small group in your living room. Mm -hmm. So although the small group in the living room has value, can you have more value? You know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so I, there's I think, stages. There's a time for the small group in the living room, but it's not supposed to stay there. The Harvest Crusade is a perfect example of can I have bigger value? Right. Can I have more impact? Mm -hmm. Can I have greater reach? Mm -hmm. You know, even if we want to argue one soul versus a hundred souls, what's more important? You know, the, the Bible says that he'll leave all the flock to go find one. Like, like mm -hmm. if, if people want to get into a theological argument over it, fine. But can I have a bigger reach? Can I have a bigger reach? Mm -hmm. Can I fill a stadium instead of a living room? I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, no matter what you say, I don't think you can argue that one is going to have a greater reach than the other. Yeah. I that. Okay. Yeah. I think it, the same goes for your personal faith, too. You know, it's who's to say, like, what is enough or 
or because um, we're talking about settling and you're saying, well, you know, what I'm doing now, like who's to say that doesn't have impact, right? Same thing with your personal faith. You could say, okay, I believe in God. I'm good. So mm -hmm. that's it, you know? Right. But God intends for you to grow in every area of your life, including your relationship with, with, with God. And so, you know, the goal is to keep growing. goal is to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there should be any point in our life, um, you know, whether we're 15 or 80, where we say, oh, that's it for me. Like, I'm going to just... I'm staying here. That's it. And you could fill that at every role. You could fill that as a teacher. Yeah. You could fill that as a tutor. You could fill that as an engineer. You could fill that as a car salesman. You could fill that as a public figure. Like you mm -hmm. could fill a role mm -hmm. no matter what career choice, no matter what income. But in every career and every income, there's, I think, the settling spot is when you go, okay, I'm happy right here as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm happy right here as a piano coach or a piano teacher. I'm happy right here as a nurse. Like, and then spending, like we grow, 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 grow. 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, college, graduate, get a job. And then for most people, that's where the growth stops. Mm -hmm. And they die at 70, the same person they were when they started their career, right. which is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And that's, I think that's the settling thing is like mm -hmm. we grow to a career point and then we stop. And mm -hmm. then a lot of people settle there and 50 years later, they're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's literally the definition of settling. It's like we've worked the first 22, 23 years of our life to get somewhere and then settle and then for there. the next 70, which is crazy. So for a lot of people, yeah. they probably see some type of ceiling in their head anyways some type of barrier. So going back to the Israelites coming out, they're going, they see the different plagues, whatever that happened, they see God's power. They end up out there and then they see what seems like an unmovable obstacle. Mm -hmm. The Red Sea is right in front of them. All right. Just about every person that I've ever heard of, I, I see if you guys agree with this, that now is doing huge things, influencing people, influencing the world, have stories of obstacles yeah. that they had to go through that mm -hmm. were just so difficult. I mean, it's part, like you mentioned earlier, it's part of what has made them who they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, where does the faith come in when an obstacle looks that immovable that pushes the people that really ascend? Where, where does that come from, you think, to get through that? that's the definition of faith I right. think and your mindset of okay I cannot be the person that I need to be to hit you know this next level of mm -hmm. growth um, unless I go through this because how will I know how to handle this in the future because that that thing that you consider an obstacle right now in five years maybe nothing like you don't even bat an eye at it right or you're able to help other people who have gone through that you know, and you see amazing examples of people who have gone through insane obstacles like addiction, right, homelessness, all these different areas, abuse, and now they're using that experience, although it was a terrible experience and it should never happen, they're using that, um, you know, to be able to help other people. And it, also, I think we talk about obstacles a lot, but then I think we talk about obstacles more than people actually face obstacles. Because, for example, if someone's trying to 
because no matter what career I'm thinking, if I'm a teacher, I'm sitting there, and the the continuing to grow part mm-hmm. is how can I do more right here? Like how can I do more here as a mm-hmm. teacher? Mm-hmm. You know, can I start a club on campus? Can I lead a club on campus? Like what can I do? How can I do more in my current scenario? I think that's the question that that. Uh, promotes growth always is how can I do more how can I have more reach here how can I have more impact here mm-hmm. and then I think we talk about well what about obstacles like the Red Sea I, I don't I just I don't necessarily think that people are facing the Red Sea on a daily basis right but I think the problem is not the obstacle like I look at someone coming into business what's the obstacle the, in most cases the obstacle is that people are very lazy mm-hmm. nowadays and if it requires them to get out of their comfort zone, it becomes this huge obstacle that they can't do. And, and I don't think it's the obstacle that's the problem. I think it's the fear of having to do a little bit more than I'm used to doing. I had, I had a conversation with a lady today, and I said, you want to come back in business? She said, well, man, I've been broke ever since I got to where I'm at now because they just moved. Mm-hmm. She we took a big pay cut. We went from California to Tennessee. She mm-hmm. took a big pay cut. So yeah, cost of living's less, but we're used to living on more. Right. She said, but I don't want to come back if I can't give it 100%. And I'm like, dude, going to the gym half the time is better than going to the gym none of the time. Right. By default. We, that, like the 100% thing is literally an adult's excuse to do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a settle me right here. That's literally what that means. Where if you did a little bit more, even half the effort, it's not that you're giving half the effort. It's that you're giving 100% of the effort you have. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think the obstacles, I, I, I don't think a lot of people really face obstacles that, I, I'm going to sound super naive and insensitive to someone listening to this, which I'm not. What I'm saying is, is you use the Red Sea as an example. I don't think that that happens in every person's life on a daily basis. I think it's so rare. I think most of the obstacles that that limit people from doing something is their unwillingness to get out of their comfort zone and do a little more than usual. Right. I I think the Red Sea is when you're really trying to push and and then there's, there's, you know. Huge, huge pushback. Huge pushback. Making it hard. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, that's when moments... Those moments are what build character, and those moments are what build mental toughness, and those moments are what build resilience, and those moments are what build you as a person, right? Right, Because you have to go through those things. Like, I mean, I've got people in business with me that on a daily basis face Red Sea stuff, mm-hmm. and man, they're the toughest people I know, right. and they're still there. I'm going to go through that. Mm-hmm. They're still there. An easy life does not give a great life. Now, you were just mentioning before about the teacher and how do they become a better teacher, how do they start a club, how they do. And, and I think the reason why a lot of people don't do it, and now we're going to twist this around, and it goes right back to money. Because a lot of times the teacher, depending on their commitment, will get the thinking, well, they don't pay me anymore to do that. Right. Why, why, why would I do that? That's not part of my job description. Exactly. That's not part of this. Whatever, what's in it for me? Why, mm-hmm. why would, when it becomes more, well, are you going to compensate me? Right. Rather than how am I going to influence and bless and encourage others? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it comes right back to the money issue more than the person that has that issue out of the way. 100%. Yeah. 
And, and um, it, it's the, usually the same people that are, we don't need money, God will provide. It's like, dude, God provided you. Mm-hmm. Now, like, it's your job to do the rest and get the job done, you know what I mean? Like, you were the thing provided to make this happen. You have the skill sets and the resources, right. so you got to do it. And, and a lot of people don't necessarily have someone in their life telling them, like, hey, you could do more where you're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so they may hear this and go, hey, you're right, I could do more right here. Mm-hmm. You know, let me get outside of the box, you know, that society puts me in and figure out, okay, how could I become bigger in what I'm doing? Because everyone has a different role, you know. Someone's got to do the big thing, someone's got to do the little thing, and they're both big. Right. Um, but, you know... It, uh, it costs money to run ministries. Sure. It, churches are closing all over the world, all over the country especially. And those are the same churches that in a lot of cases said, well, money's not everything. But, but, but if, it, if there was money, they'd still be there. They say, oh, God will provide, yet your doors are closed. Right. You know, not that God didn't provide, but it's, it's from a worldly standpoint, it costs money to pay a bill. Sure. You know, and so it's, it doesn't make, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that we have churches closed all across the United States. Strictly. Not because the pastor said, eh, we don't need it anymore. There's enough in the community. Mm-hmm. Right. Not because they said, oh, we've already reached everybody. Mm-hmm. Not because they said, oh, too many ministries. Too many. We have too many ministries. Too many people knocking on doors, going to the hood, pulling kids out and taking them to Sunday school. Too many. We don't need it anymore. No, they closed because they, they couldn't pay the freaking bill. That's why they closed. Right. Now, when you talk about that and you look biblically when it says if we seek first what God's telling us to do and then the needs and everything else he'll add, right. never really even mm-hmm. tells us to strive for the money. It just says do the big call of what you're called to do and he will then provide it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a responsibility on him. So it kind of makes you wonder are things a little reverse and backwards in even the minds of some people of faith and we've gotten off in those areas as far as just not having that faith to move forward on some things that we should be moving forward on and, and thinking big like what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. All right. So this has been a very interesting conversation. I'm sure it's going to raise some eyebrows and it's going to make some people think. So that's good. That's what we want to do. Um, at what point, I'm going to go back to what Ronnie said here then, and I think I already know the answer because she already kind of brought it up. But for some people that are out there, you may say to yourself, well, when this happens, then that'll be good enough. Mm-hmm. All right? At what point in your life is there a point where it will be good enough? I don't think so. Um, for me, what I discovered, like <sighs> growing up, you know, as an adult, um, is that for me, it, happiness is growth. And so at any point where I'm not growing in an area of my Mm -hmm. life, that's me just um, agreeing that I'm not going to be happy anymore. Mm -hmm. So I can't see there being at any point where I'm like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is fine. Not that, not that I'm not content, like, or not happier. I don't feel blessed. It's just that I just genuinely feel like I'm just meant to grow my whole entire life. And that's what makes me happy. And that's what I'll keep doing. Yeah, I think, uh. It depends what we're talking about, right? right. So, because I agree, happiness is growth. I think mm-hmm. stagnant is is where um, 
I think when someone feels like they're not learning, they're not getting better, mm-hmm. there's not that's where purpose disappears, right? Mm-hmm. And so it depend it depends what we're talking about. If we're talking about financially, I think we're almost at a spot where we don't never have to think about anything again. Right. If we're talking about from a health standpoint, tons of room for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about from a purpose standpoint, I don't think purpose is ever fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I think it may change, but I don't think it's ever fulfilled. I don't think it's ever done. Um, and so uh, I think from a impact, teaching, coaching, helping, serving, I don't think that ever finishes. You know, in the same way they go, well, do pastors retire? I, no, I don't think so. I think pastors may um, change positions, mm-hmm. but, but the purpose of which God put you on the planet doesn't go away right. until the job's done, right? And the job's only done for you when you're gone or, or when, when Christ comes back. That's, what, that's when it's done. So I think it, it really depends on, on what we're talking about. Um, but I think for us, from a coaching impact, um, teaching standpoint, I think we're, we're like haven't even scratched the surface mm-hmm. right. of uh, the purpose, which is to, um, for us right now at least, it's, it's to help other people, you know, get from where they are to where they want to be. Um, and I think there's a lot of strength and power and magic and, and mentorship and coaching. Right. And um, I think that's what a lot of people need. That's what a lot of people are missing. So, Absolutely. And I love, Ronnie, I love what you said because you pulled something right out of my brain that I s- struggle with. Um, I don't want to say struggle, but it's a tension mm. in my mm-hmm. life that is constantly there. And that is content versus satisfied. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. Right. You know, content, yes. Thankful, yes. Blessed, yes. But no, there's more. There's always more. Right. There's always something else. And there's kind of a restlessness that, to a degree, I don't know if restless is the best word, but, but there's a restlessness that's there. That There's always got to be more. No, it's not, not done. I'm done when God says I'm done. Yeah. If we're still here, then obviously there's more. Right? Until that time comes. And there's, I don't think there's, I, I would agree with you guys, I don't think there's ever a point until that point where we're finished. So there's always another book to either listen to or read. There's always a skill set that you might already have, but you can get better at. Um, communication, you can always become a better communicator. You can always become more empathetic. You can always become more understanding. You can always have more to be able to share with other people and and like you guys mentioned without progress and purpose what is there Mm -hmm. yeah right Mm -hmm. so i think we've had a great conversation today and as we end up with this i do want to share with you something that's going to be coming up we're going to have a link that's going to be actually connected um, to this podcast so that you can go ahead and sign up for it there are those of you out there that may have been inspired by what you hear today and you've even thought to yourself, you know, I want to do more in life. I, I, I like where I am, but there's more things that I want to do. And maybe you've been inspired by some of the things that you've heard and you want to learn more. We're going to be offering together a free event 
for those who want to go into entrepreneurship and they want to do it from a faith-based perspective. That's going to be offered within the next couple of weeks, so we're going to have a sign-up link for you. It's going to be absolutely free where you can just get some basic information and really kind of get a gist for what is the possibility of out there, and then you'll have some opportunities to even see some more things in the future. So be sure that you sign up for that. Jay and Ronnie are going to be sharing some of the expertise that they've learned over the last 11 years, and you're going to get a huge amount of value out of this, I guarantee you. So we're looking forward to that. You guys looking forward to doing that? I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think definitely. it's going to be a lot of fun. Wonderful. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you have not already, and make sure you share this episode with as many people as possible. God bless each one of you. This has been the Audacious Faith Podcast. Take care.